as women, as both consumers and investors, we bring something special to the table that is our point of view, that is the kind of lives we lead and the trends we see, and that we can spot trends that are going on among the people we know, even if we're not kind of super duper investors who spend our whole professional lives pouring over spreadsheets and industry news. Welcome to Women Take Stock. Today, we're talking about a vegetable, one that your mom probably served you, steamed or boiled, and you went, but which has undergone a trendy makeover as part of a keto-friendly, paleo-friendly, plant-based diet, cauliflower rice. So what does cauliflower rice have to do with the stock market and your portfolio? We'll connect the dots for you. It's all about noticing the little things in your day and environment that could spell a smart investing strategy. Well, I'm getting hungry, so let's start the show. We are four friends all at different places in our financial and personal lives looking to pull back the curtain on the seemingly mysterious, often testosterone-driven world of stock investing. And if four women without business degrees can figure out the market as a side hustle, so can you. Join us as we learn the basics, buy, sell, scratch our heads, hold our breath, commiserate, and celebrate, hopefully more of the latter. We aren't experts, so please note that this podcast is for general information purposes only. Yeah, anything resembling financial advice is purely coincidental. That said, we are hoping to make a little or a lot of money doing this. And if money is power, we want some of that too. Before we start talking about salad ingredients, can we just talk a little bit about everybody's week? I mean, the stock market has been a little bit crazy this week, like a tall salad, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) But how's everybody been? Or rather, how have your portfolios been? Oh my gosh. I've done nothing this week. I'll tell you, I've done no selling, no buying. I mean, I've basically been working and watching the coup unfold. (laughs) At the people's house at Congress and watching the FBI go after men with painted faces and horned headgear. So I've done not, haven't done much, but it's been interesting to see how the stock market has really been pretty resilient in the face of all of this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and certainly there've been a ton of articles about this is like, why is the stock market still doing well Mm -hmm. when the entire world seems to be going up in smoke? We'll do a 30-minute segment on that and solve it later. We'll solve it. (laughs) Yes. I have all the answers. (laughs) I thought it was really interesting to see the whole crypto reaction to what was going on in the world this week. Dana, you probably were following this more closely than any of us, how it hit, you know, Bitcoin hit all-time high and then careened down, it seemed, and we were all holding our breaths and then it went back up. Yeah, it it seems like it just hit another one of those blips and it's like, what exactly is driving this? Was it what was going on in Washington that was driving this? Was it not? But I basically just sat with everything and let let it ride and just held my breath and yeah, made it through. It seems like it's leveling out and I'm feeling pretty good about the crypto scene. And, but some of the other, some of my other regular stock holdings, I'm a little concerned about. I have to say, I was really proud of us because I know we, we were all texting each other a lot, like, oh my God, it's going to 40. Oh my God, it's going down. You know, what are we going to do? And I, it was a little bit nerve wracking because sure I texted, hold, hold, hold. You did know. I mean, and I think that it was really helpful to have this group support, a support yeah. group to remind us like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we've got this. Yeah. And to also give it some perspective of like, okay, yes, it's gone down, but it hasn't gone down 
to where it was even two weeks ago. It was basically down to where it was just a week ago, right? At one point, it had gone, it had gone way, way up and it came back down and it seemed like it came down so far, but it was actually just where it was a week ago. So right. in that right. perspective, right. definitely having that conversation with you guys helped me think, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still way up compared to a year ago, for sure. And JJ, what about you? How was your week? Yeah, mine was good. It was good to have this support from everyone as crypto went down so much. And because I did a little bit of early investing, but a lot of my investing was on this rise. So it was coming down and touching that, but it was good not just to have the support, but also then to read around it more and that at a point when banks and hedge funds and other folks are getting into crypto, I guess I felt because Dana was like, yeah, hold, don't worry. It's only down to where it was last week. I thought, yeah, it's going to come back. It was a psychological level Mm -hmm. that's been reached and it's edged off that. In other news, my portfolio, I didn't do anything other than just kind of sit back and watch. But I had one of my marijuana stocks, Afria, went up something like $4 per share or something. That's awesome. It it was, yeah, it was a little mind boggling. And there was, there was basically high. (laughs) <laughs> it, I, I got higher on it. Yes. And, and there was uplift across some kind of marijuana stock. You know, it's so funny that you're saying that because I did something which on the one hand, I'm very proud of myself. On the other hand, I'm now going, what did I do? I actually sold off all of my marijuana stock last you week. You did? I did. We had talked before about trying to really hone in the number of companies that were invested in or even, you know, sectors that were invested in so that we can learn more about that and become mm-hmm. better experts in smaller places. And I decided that I was going to sell off the marijuana stuff because I was just really interested in the in the renewable energy space. So I actually sold off my Afria and I put it all into plug. And um, plug, plugs popped, right? Yeah, so, it, so it wasn't all bad, right? I did fine, but I do feel sad about my marijuana That's funny, stock. And in fact, I've been thinking of getting into marijuana stocks. You should have just sold me your stocks. Like on Craigslist. <laughs> I got some marijuana stocks. I use my little baggie. She's like yeah. a little dealer. Dana, did anything interesting happen to you this week? No, nothing at all. I, I was working. I started a new job, so I'm really focused on that. And it was a really good excuse to leave everything and not buy and not sell and just observe and and talk to you guys and feel the support of not selling. Okay, now we support you taking a break every now and then. It's good to know that you don't have to be on top of your portfolio 24-7 to still do okay. And actually, JJ, you kicked us into an interesting Motley Fool podcast the other day, and it kind of got us all thinking. Yeah, I enjoy Motley Fool podcast. If you can't always listen to ours, they're a good fallback. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if you want to listen to people who've actually been doing this for a few more years. It's a different perspective, Jen. Just as valuable as the women take stock perspective, I think. <laughs> we're more of a we're more of a growth play, I'd say. Um, yeah. So basically the the guys uh, and gals, but just it was just guys on that day on the Motley Fool podcast were talking about Chipotle and this new menu item, cauliflower rice. And it was really interesting for them to talk about some of the basics of the company, the background, how Chipotle had been doing overall in terms of the pandemic and pivoting to allowing like delivery and pickup and drive through and whatnot. But they were talking about cauliflower rice. And I was outside 
in the garden <laughs> pulling weeds. And the, one of the one of the guys said, "Oh yeah, cauliflower rice." I mean. It seems weird to get excited about this menu item. And another one said, yeah, I think it's like big on the paleo diet or something. And I thought, guys, paleo? God, what is that? Four or five years ago? It's keto now, <laughs> dude. And it's like yes. it, cauliflower rice as a huge trend among for e eating is probably what, a year and a half old. So I, I just, it gave me this jolt because I thought... It's funny, they're talking about cauliflower rice like, who could have thought? And I guess that's something people like, where most women I know have been experimenting with cauliflower rice. I, I intend to chipotle later. Oh, I guess it's... Well, it's, they said it's on uh, their test menu. I don't know if it's still on there, but but yeah, to your me. point, JJ, they, they're like experimenting with a new customer base. Well, this customer base has been around and eating this staple item for quite a while. Yes. And of course, you know, huge food companies or restaurants with lots of lots of different outlets all over the country, they're not going to be on the cutting edge because they're trying to please lots of different customer tastes. But I was surprised that this idea of cauliflower rice seemed like this new and novel and like slightly, huh, on the fringes idea when as a female consumer who would eat at Chipotle, who has eaten at Chipotle, was like, yeah, finally. And <laughs> it really struck me that as a woman, I understood that this was not some strange out there trend. And I could mm -hmm. see why it could be good news for the company and the stock. But it also reminded me that as women, as both consumers and investors, we bring something special to the table that is our point of view, that is the kind of lives we lead and the trends we see. And that yeah. we can spot trends that are going on among the people we know, even if we're not kind of super duper investors who spend our whole professional lives pouring over spreadsheets and industry news, when we're looking for things to invest in or for positive things that are happening um, for the companies that we follow. Now, that's yeah. not, obviously not the case with every single new menu item for every single fast food company. <laughs> but JJ, to your point too, about women kind of not being so shocked by, oh, cauliflower rice. It's like, as you go through your day, and we've talked about this before, you don't need to have all of this experience, although it's nice to have investor experience, and that's what we're trying to help our listeners gain. But you, your existence and what you're interested in and what you notice is important as it relates to investing. And I think companies are starting more and more to pay attention to things that women have been paying attention to for a while now. And so as you go through your day, think about what is it that I'm interested in? What is it that I'm eating? What gives me pleasure? I mean, companies are, are thinking this way too, but we're sort of ground zero for that in a way. And what's so interesting, Tula and JJ, I, I think you've read a bit more research about this than I have, but... This is playing out in terms of corporate boards and that companies that have more diverse leadership are seemingly doing better, which makes sense because that means that they've got eyes and ears in different parts of the world. Absolutely. Well, there was there have been some interesting studies that show that women who do take the plunge into stock investing, although they they lag, um, they outperform men 
Warwick Business School, this is over here in the UK, did a study of 2,800 men and women. And not only did the women outperform the FTSE 100 over a three-year period, they achieved better returns than their male counterparts, up to 1.8 percentage points. Amazing. Another outfit, uh, Hargreaves Lansdowne, it's the UK's biggest consumer investment platform, found women investors had the edge, returning on average 0.81% more than men over a three-year period. That that might not seem like a lot until you consider that over, say, 30 years, the time we might be investing, the average woman would end up with a portfolio worth 25% more than the average man. Ladies. Kind of makes me think that if you're shopping around for a financial advisor or broker, that maybe this is something that you should consider. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. It's interesting though. What, I mean, I wonder, we should, we should do a show or, or have somebody on to, t- to talk about why that is like, are women smarter, not smarter? Well, they are. Smarter. Yes. <laughs> women are smarter. <laughs> I was going to say their, their style of investing it, it, it must have something to do with, I wonder what it has to do with. I guess that's the question I'm asking. What does that have to do? Yeah. I yeah. Like they know what their kids are into. They know what their husband's into. They, well, they've got the 360 view. It may also be that the socialization of women to not be so confident and just barge in and say, yeah, I got it. I know I'm brilliant. Mm-hmm. That uh, as a result, they may do more research or be, be more, you know, conservative with their investments, but over the long term, they make better returns. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Does anybody have anything in their life that could become a cauliflower rice? <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, it's it's a ridiculous, it's sort of a ridiculous question, but it's not I, because I, I, I mean it. I think one of the reasons I've become a little bit obsessed with my F cell and my fuel stocks is that. I fantasize about buying an electric vehicle myself one day. Like I really want one, yeah. you know, so I pay attention to that in a way maybe that I wouldn't otherwise. Right. Right. It's like when I was researching Peloton bikes, like four months ago, I should have bought some Peloton stock at the time because me and everybody I knew was trying to get a Peloton bike and they, the stock did go up. Now I think it's leveling off again. So, so really the lesson here is don't discount your interests, right? It's important to listen to market trends and the received wisdom overall, but the mainstream can overlook things. And that mainstream is overwhelmingly male in the financial Mm -hmm. investing world. And so that could work to our advantage to find things early that could turn out to be good investments. As long as we do all the other stuff, right? All the research and all the due diligence. Right. It's like our superpower. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of superpowers, the United States is less and less upon these days. (laughs) We're about to. But but it's inauguration week. And, you know, I'm sitting here in D.C., which is now a war zone, for fuck's sake. Excuse me. Oh, my God. Explicit content. You're in the belly of the beast. I mean, it's crazy, but we could talk about that forever and ever, but I, I'm, it's all I talk about when I'm not recording a podcast right now. So I'm curious in terms of the podcast, Tula, you have prepared a political spin on our quiz of the week and I'd like to hear what it is. Uh, Yes. So since it's inauguration week, here you go, ladies, here it is. 
Does the stock market tend to do better with Democrats or Republicans in the White House? Oh, that is such an important question. Mm-hmm. God, I have no idea. I want to say it does better with Democrats. Well, d- sorry, is it? Do you mean in the immediate aftermath of the inauguration of a Democratic or Republican president, or do you mean at the end of four terms? At the end of at the end of four, four years, years. <laughs> one term. Yeah. So when historians have looked at the arc, the presidential term, the stock market has done significantly better under one party versus the other. And it's funny because when I first read this, my my instinct was to say Republicans only because I feel like they are presented, not necessarily accurately, as the fiscally conservative party and deregulation, and that's good for business, and that should be good for the stock market. That was my initial guess. Sure, yeah. What about you guys? What do you think? I mean, by the way, you're leading us. (laughs) I was going to say, I think initially, because the Republican Party bills itself as the party of business, you would go to that as an answer. But Democrats, because of their focus on things like collective bargaining and fairness and those kind of working practices that are more long term, but I believe as a Democrat kind of lift up the the world of work. Frankly, I would hope it was Democrats, but I have a feeling it might be for the stock market alone, it would be Republicans. Okay, Dana, what is your guess? Toss a coin. I feel like I know the answer because I've done so oh, much Oh, you know the already. answer. Okay. Yeah, I have to tell y'all, the answer I'm about to give you comes from a book called Stock Market 101 by Michelle Kagan, and it's it's great. Okay, so here's the answer. Dun, dun, dun. Democrats. Under Democratic leadership, and by the way, this book was published before Trump came into office, so What's happened? What's happened the last four years? I think is an anom- anomaly. I don't think we can use that as a gauge for Republican leadership, and I think they would probably say the same thing. But under Democratic leadership, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, a key measure of stock market health, has posted average returns of eighty-two point seven percent, compared with much tamer average returns of just forty-four point eight percent with the Republican at the helm. I mean, that is a huge huge difference. That's stunning. Although I think your point actually that the last four years is an anomaly and it's very mm-hmm. confusing, I guess. But I like what you're saying simply because I'm a Democrat and I like to think that our party presents a more stable option and stability in the end is going to make for a yeah. healthier economy. But yeah, I don't really know what I'm Anyways, about. To, to be continued in another episode. Well, ladies, we've had a good time talking about cauliflower and Cauli- <laughs> the cauliflower the end of the and the end of the world <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a middle Hopefully school this- b- book title cauliflower in the end of the world <laughs> cauliflower in the end of the world. (laughs) Well, hopefully this time next week, we will have a new president. Things will start to calm down, stabilize. And we'll have the, can I, can I just say, Jen, if this time next week, we don't have a new president, things are going to be pretty dire indeed. Including in our portfolios. Yes. I think, I think in that case, there may be a correlation between what goes on in the stock market and what goes on. Or or will there? (laughs) The stock market just keeps on going. All right. 
Well, if anyone has any thoughts on that or, you know, wants to weigh in on this very illuminating conversation, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yeah. Just a reminder, we've had some great reviews. So everyone who's done that, thank you so much. We are a five-star podcast. Yes, we are. And we've also been named as one of the best women financial podcasts by Player FM. So tell your friends. Please do review us, rate us, and share it with your friends. The easiest way to find us is, of course, at our website, womentakestock.com. And from there, you can actually just click and go to any podcast platform you want, and you'll find us there. And of course, we've got our Twitter handle and our YouTube page and Instagram. And are we on Pinterest? We should be. We will be soon on on Pinterest. And LinkedIn. LinkedIn. We are everywhere. All right, everybody. I hope everyone has a good and stable week. Uh, I hope that everyone's stocks remain on the upswing, as does our country. So take care. Indeed. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.